if you've not already followed us on any of our social media, be sure to follow us on Facebook at NA Victory Church, Instagram at na.victorychurch, and YouTube at Victory Church Media to stay informed of all that's going on here at Victory. Amen. The Bible says that at times we entertain angels unaware. And we might not see them in this place here, but I want to tell you, you can feel the angelic presence of the host of the Lord in this sanctuary this morning. And more than that, when you bring a need, God usually sends an angel. But when you're suffering, an angel simply won't do it for you. Only the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us, is the comforter. And God's presence comes in and begins to comfort your soul. And that's what we're feeling here today. It is the comfort of the Holy Ghost as he's come down to be with us this morning. I want to be sensitive to that presence. Amen. Are you thankful that Jesus is here this morning? Amen. I'm thankful for what he's already done and what he's going to do today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me? We're going to go to the book of Revelation. And while you're turning there, I want to say how honored I am. It is a very high honor to be here with you today. Amen. And I give, uh, I give an honor to your pastor, Pastor Bishop, and to Bishop Bishop. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I grew up, and God has blessed me to be able to grow up Amen. Having such men as these, amen, as people that were, were landmarks and were, were heroes and leaders in my life. Amen. I remember several years ago, I, we had Mississippi District Camp Meeting right here in this building. Amen. And what a touch from the Holy Ghost I got while I was there. Amen. And so thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing also in the country of Lebanon. I believe we were just finishing our, our second service here uh, over there in Beirut. And I want to tell you this year, God has been doing things unlike we've ever seen it before. Amen. It hasn't been easy. It's been difficult on all of us. And we've had our ups and our downs and our tragedies and our catastrophes. Amen. Just like the rest of the world is experiencing. But through it all, we've seen the hand of God move. And in every situation, we've been able to see God prove himself faithful. Amen. That if he brought you through before, he will bring you through again. Amen. And if God healed you before, he will do it here today. Amen. Amen. And by the grace of the Lord, just to give you a praise report, we've happened to see almost 20 people baptized in Jesus' name. And the majority of them are coming from an Islamic background. And almost 10 of them have received the gift of the Holy Ghost and are serving God today doesn't matter where you come from doesn't matter what your background is when you encounter something that is real and true and you find Jesus <laughs> hallelujah it'll change everything that you know and you're willing to leave everything and pursue this Jesus amen with the help of the Lord if you would turn with me revelations chapter 19 and verse 10 I've received confirmation for the word that God has here today. And I believe that this is going to be a turning moment for people in this sanctuary. It says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou, do it not. I am thy fellow servant 
and of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Everybody say the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. John is having a revelation of Jesus, and he's there in the heavenlies, and he looks, and before him he sees a creature so radiant, so glorious, so beautiful, that he, he can't help but to fall down and desire to worship this image before him. But this image, this person says, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And one more place, would you turn with me, Revelations 22 and verse 9. This is the same being speaking to John. Don't worship me, for I am thy fellow servant, and of the brethren thy prophets. Of thy brethren the prophets, of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Amen. And with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you and preach to you from this topic, prophesy to your future. Prophesy to your future. Amen. What I believe God is going to do here today is first of all, God's going to increase your faith. Second of all, God is going to begin a restorative process in your life. And God's going to bring some things together piece by piece. Amen. He's going to make you whole again. Amen. And then grace is going to be given to you. And he's going to give you the strength to walk in newness of life. Amen. And with the prophetic power, knowing that if you're walking with Jesus, everything's going to fall into place. Let's be sensitive today. Would you lift up your hands? Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've already done in here today. I thank you for what you're going to do, God. Lord, there are lives in this place that are hungry for a touch from you and are hungry for you to change everything, God, and hungry for you, Lord God, to start piecing together the future, piece by piece, God, testimony by testimony. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Lord, anoint this word in Jesus' name. Would you give God a hand clap of praise here? And all God's people say amen. Amen. And you can be seated this morning. Amen. When we study the Bible, we have to see Jesus not just at the necessarily middle of the Bible. He's not at the beginning of the New Testament. Amen. But Jesus is the center upon which all of time gravitates towards. Jesus is the very center to which the prophets of old and those that are the apostles in the New Testament gravitate towards. It's all necessarily building up to Jesus. And afterwards, it is the impact that Jesus had on the earth. Today, you still feel the impact that Jesus had almost 2,000 years ago. Amen. You still feel the impact of his footprints on the earth. And when he touched people and he healed them with his hands, we still feel that same touch today. We still feel that same power this morning, amen, because this is the same Jesus that was testified of and we still testify about today. 
And so looking at the Old Testament, we see each prophet not necessarily just as an individual person, but we see them as the building block. It is prophet by prophet that testified of the coming of Jesus. Amen. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Amen. And light went out into the world. Amen. And in John chapter 8, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Amen. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. From the beginning, amen, the testimony went out about Jesus. The light went out and Jesus said, here I am. I am the light of the world. He that you've been looking for, you've been in darkness seeing, and you've been searching for, I am he from the very beginning. And so the prophets, as they're prophesying, amen, they don't exactly know at what time Jesus is coming. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 10 says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. They couldn't tell exactly what time Jesus is coming. They, they, they prophesy he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Amen. And, and he's going to be from the tribe and the, the lineage of David. Amen. And, and they, they begin to feel that the light is coming. Amen. They begin to feel something is on the horizon. And the prophetic power of God would burden their spirits and they couldn't hold it back anymore. But they would begin to prophesy. And they would say, that there's a Messiah coming. There's a Savior coming. and His name is wonderful. His name is Counselor. He's going to heal the sick. He'll be the King of Kings. And, and they feel that. And they're prophesying. The light wasn't coming from behind them at the time of creation. But the light is coming from ahead of them. The light is coming. It's Jesus. The light of the world. The glory of God. And they could feel it. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that it was indeed the Spirit of Christ that was in them that began to signify. Jesus didn't just jump on the scene in the New Testament. But the Bible says it's the Spirit of Christ that began to impress these prophetic burdens upon them. Amen. I tell you, David didn't know when he began crying out Psalms 22. My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? My joints, they cleave together and my tongue, it has no, I don't understand what I'm feeling. Amen. But it was the spirit of Christ testifying in David about the sufferings that Jesus would endure on the cross. But not just that, but the glory that would follow after. Amen. They, they didn't understand why it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't contain it. I can't hold it back anymore. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's the Spirit of Christ testifying in every person that salvation is coming. The King of Kings, he's approaching, and the time is coming, amen, when those that have broken hearts shall be bound together. 
and them that are captive shall be set free. And those that are imprisoned, they shall have the prison doors open. Amen. I, I don't understand it. Amen. I don't know what I'm feeling, but something is getting ready to shift. And something's getting ready to change. This was the testimony that Jesus was signifying inside each of the prophets. Amen. I, I want to tell you, uh, Moses did not understand as he looks around in the desert and he sees people dropping and dying. And he knows he sees the serpents coming up out of the ground, biting the people, and then disappearing. And the Bible tells us that Moses is crying out to the Lord. And he's inquiring to the Lord, what do I do to save the people? Well, what do I do to bring salvation to them? And the answer that God gives is so far out of our understanding, amen, that it doesn't make any sense. God tells Moses, raise up a serpent, amen, and, and I want you to raise him up to where when people look at him and they look at this serpent, they shall be, they shall be healed and made whole. Can you imagine Moses? He's, okay, I heard from the word of the Lord. This is what we're going to do. Get a bronze serpent, everybody. We're going to lift it up. And uh, somehow, when you look at it, you will be uh, healed from your serpent's bite. I don't know, but I wouldn't have a high level of confidence if that was the instruction I received. Amen. But the Bible tells us in John chapter 3 and verse 14 that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up. Amen. That on the cross was that flesh that caught, that flesh that is the cause for all sickness, all disease, the fallen nature. Sin was upon the cross, the serpent. Amen. And, and inside of Moses, as he lifted up the bronze serpent, Jesus is going to be lifted up. Amen. And all those that look upon him and follow after him, they shall be saved. Jonah didn't understand. Why do I have to spend three days in the bottom of the belly of the whale? Amen. But the Bible says the same way that Jonah spent that time there, so too shall the Son of Man spend three days in the grave. But on the third day, he's going to raise back up. Amen. I want to tell you, with every prophecy and with every single commandment, God is, with, God is testifying about the coming of Jesus. God is signifying that there's power that is coming. Amen. And descending down upon us. Jeremiah wept over his city. He saw that they were scattered by the Babylonians. And in the same way, Jesus cried out, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, thou killest the prophets, and thou stonest them that are sent to thee. How often would I have gathered you together as a mother hen gathers her chickens to her. Everything is testifying about Jesus. Everything is signifying. I want to tell you it wasn't an easy job to be a prophet. Because the Bible says that the prophets had to testify and signify of the sufferings of Jesus. And not just that they had supernatural power, but with it came the signification of the suffering that Jesus was going to have to go through. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 4 and verse 12 that God begins speaking 
to a specific prophet. Now, this prophet, Ezekiel, he's new on the job. He just, he just got his application and he was accepted. And so he's starting his job as a prophet. And so, as you can imagine, this guy feels pretty good about himself. Not everybody gets called to be a prophet. And so Ezekiel is there and he's, he's spending some time with God. And God tells him, this is what I want you to do, Ezekiel. I want you to go and I want you to cook some barley cakes. And Ezekiel, he's four chapters into being a prophet. And I want to tell you, he might have already been feeling like this prophet business is kind of tough. But thank God I get to go make some barley cakes now. You know, being a prophet isn't as bad as I thought it would be. You see, God has told me to go and, and to cook. And, I, you know, I used to bake back when I was younger. And so now I get to go make some barley cakes. And, gee, and God says to him, hold on just a second now, Ezekiel. I'm not quite done with, uh, with uh, the ingredients that I want you to use. You can read it in Ezekiel chapter 4. God tells him, I want you to go take these barley cakes. And I want you to mix them with human waste and human dung. Mm. And I can imagine that at that moment, all of Ezekiel's enthusiasm for cake baking suddenly vanished. God, you want me to do what? God, do you understand what you're asking me to do? You see, Ezekiel had lived his whole life being pure, being holy. He never touched any of this. Uh, he, he never, it never, there was no association. And now God is telling him, I want you to go and mix it with human dung, and I want you to eat it. I hope some of you have a stronger stomach than I do today. This is the word of God. Amen. And so the prophet is crying out, God, don't make me have to taste this. Uh, my whole life I, I've lived according to the Levitical law, and my whole life I've been pure. And God, if I do this, I'm going to defile myself. If I do this, I'll be unclean from the life that I've lived all these years. And still God began to pressure the prophet. And still God began to burden the prophet. And it almost seems like, like God didn't really care to, to hear his complaints and, and hear his requests for mercy. But Ezekiel cried out all the more, God, would you have mercy on me? Please don't make me do this. And so finally, God makes a deal with Ezekiel. And he says, I'll tell you what. I'll cut you some slack this time. Instead of taking of human dung, I'll let you take of cow dung and mix it in. That's not a really great deal. So, some of you look relieved. <laughs> so go and take cow dung and mix it in. And finally, the prophet concedes and he follows in obedience. And, and he has no more. God has given him a, a, a deal. God has cut him some slack. And so he mixes it in. And the Bible says that he had to eat it. And Ezekiel had no idea what it is that God's commanding him to do. Even today, we wonder, why on earth would God impress the prophet to have to go through this kind of difficulty and to have to go through this kind of shame and, and to lower himself so, so greatly? 
Amen. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God, by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Jesus is crying out in the garden, God have mercy on me. God don't make me taste it. God don't make me have to deal with it. It's so filthy. It's so below the heavenlies. It's so below God. And yet there's no mercy given to Jesus. Mercy was given to Ezekiel. But there was nothing spared on Jesus. But suddenly Jesus is being led to the cross to taste death. Just taste it, Ezekiel. Just try it. No, God, don't make me. Please, God, I, no, Lord, I don't want to do it. But with Jesus, there was no give. There was no leniency. There was no mercy given. But everything was laid on Jesus. Every, I want to tell you, all of your shame was laid on Jesus. There's nothing that has been too dirty. There's nothing that has been, amen, too filthy. The times where you looked at yourself and you said, what have I become? And you looked at yourself and you didn't think God could ever love you anymore. I want to tell you, there was no mercy put on Jesus, but he took that moment. Oh, Jesus. The Bible says he took the most amount of shame that you've ever experienced. God put it on Jesus. The most amount of wrong that you've ever done, God put it on Jesus. The amount that you've hurt somebody else, the amount where you've, where you've done somebody else wrong, I want to tell you it was all laid upon Jesus. And there was no mercy given to Jesus. How is it that glory should have to taste of shame? How is it that power should have to taste of weakness? How is it that God should have to taste of humanity? But yet Jesus didn't try to get out of it. Jesus didn't try to shun it. Jesus didn't try to shirk the responsibility, but he said, nevertheless, not mine own will, but thine be done. If you're calling me to do this, I'll do it, God, even though I don't deserve it, even though I, I'm not worthy of it. Even though there was no sin in Jesus. But the Bible tells us that he did all these things so that there would not only be suffering, but afterwards there would be glory and that there would be grace given. Amen. Today, 
God will call you freely to come into the house of the Lord. And even with everything that you're trying to bring in, everything that you've had burdened upon you, God still says, I want you to come as you are into the presence of God. And you know what? You don't have to pay a single thing. You don't have to try to get right. You don't have to try to clean yourself. But I want you to come in, and I want you to freely taste of the glory of God. I want you to freely taste of the goodness of God. I suffered on the cross so that you wouldn't have to suffer ever again. I suffered so that one day you might be able to come and live with me in the heavenlies and in glory. Amen. Because I want to tell you, this earth has things that are going to, amen, this, this life that we've lived, there are things that are unworthy of the goodness of God. Amen. But everything, the price was entirely paid when it was put on Jesus. So therefore, you and I, we do not owe a single thing, but we come into the presence of God, and in a moment, God can change you. And in a moment, God can heal you. And in a moment, God can deliver you. That's the kind of atmosphere that you've walked in here today. You know why? It's a church that's already been bought. It's a church that's already been paid for. You don't have to. There's nothing you can do. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. But yet still God gives it anyway. Still God gives you mercy anyway. Still God gives you grace. And still today, no matter what you're coming in with, God has the miracle for you. We read it earlier, but the Bible said that the spirit of Jesus, the prophecy, the spirit of prophecy was the testimony of Jesus. These prophets are prophesying because they don't have Jesus yet. They're testifying of him. But you and I today, we live now after that Jesus came to the earth. So when we begin to testify of Jesus, it is the spirit of prophecy. The prophets prophesied of Jesus with the spirit of Jesus Christ. But you and I now, when we begin to testify about Jesus, it is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? Ha! Huh. That means that if Jesus did it, I'm going to be able to do it as well. That means, somebody, that if Jesus overcame sin and death, you're prophesying to your own future that I too shall overcome every sin, every sickness, every disease. Amen. When you testify of Jesus, you begin to prophesy. I wish I had an amen here today. I want to tell you, God has a future for you. Can we lift up our hands right now and be, God has a future for you. It's not the will of God that you should be stuck in the suffering. It's not the will of God that you should be stuck in the anguish or that you should be stuck in the shame. It's not the will of God that you should have to bear it all upon your shoulders. But if you'll prophesy of Jesus, amen, because Jesus was the light of the world, I too will be the light of the world. 
Because Jesus rose again, I too, I'm going to rise one day with glory. Come on. If Jesus loved the world, I'm going to love the world as well. Come on. If Jesus said that you can be healed, I believe I can be healed today. It's the spirit of prophecy. Amen. When you begin to testify about Jesus. I want to tell you, if Jesus overcame, we will overcome. If Jesus received an inheritance, we will receive the inheritance. If Jesus put on the incorruptible, you and I, one day, we shall. We shall. We shall. We shall. You shall put on the incorruptible. Amen. And if Jesus rose back up. You and I, we shall ascend up into the heavenlies. Amen. It was in the book of Acts chapter 2. And Peter said unto them, Amen, this is what's going to happen when you begin to follow Jesus. Just as your pastor said it a little earlier. If you'll follow him to the cross. If you'll repent, amen, then in that moment, you're making up the decision that you're going to change your future. In that moment, you turn from the past and you begin to walk towards victory. If you'll follow Jesus just a little bit further, you'll make it to baptism. And when you get baptized in Jesus' name, that washes everything that's in the past away. Hallelujah. That's because Jesus on the cross began to pay the price for every single thing that you and I have ever done. And you're guilty and accountable for it no longer. Amen. If you follow Jesus just a little bit longer, what did Peter say? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the... In that moment, prophecy was given. If Jesus applied to every nation and every tongue and every tribe, this Holy Ghost does the same exact thing. Ye shall receive the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God comes inside of you, you shall be endued with power from on high. Come on, somebody, you've been feeling weak. You've been feeling bound. You've been feeling powerless. You've been feeling like you're trapped and feeling like you can't succeed. I know I'm speaking to somebody here today. I felt this in my Holy Ghost when I was coming here. I felt that God had a message for somebody that wants to turn things around and you want to start walking in victory. I felt that I would be preaching to somebody who... You feel like you're walking in circles. Oh, God. Jesus. And you're getting stuck and held up on your past. And you're losing the testimony and the vision of Jesus. When John saw the being in heaven, it was glorious. It was radiant. It was beautiful. And he went down to worship it. But the angel told him, don't do it. 
for I am of your brethren of the prophets. If you could see what it's going to look like in heaven, if you could see what we're going to put on once we get to heaven, amen, if you could see the testimony of Jesus, I want to tell you it would be enough to change your life and to change your future. If you would be sensitive to God and say, God, I know that you conquered death, hell, and the grave. So therefore, sin can no longer hold me. Therefore, addiction can no longer bind me. Therefore, I don't have to keep going in circles. I can get out of my wilderness today. I can be free today. Why? Because I testify of Jesus. Not by my own power. Not by my own might. Not by my own ability. But only by Jesus. Only by the grace of God. If you'll ever get a hold of Jesus, amen, it'll be enough for you to have victory every single day of your life. When we come to lay hands on you at this altar, we're not laying hands on you with our own power or ability. Because Jesus prophesied. He said, ye shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Every time we lay hands on you, the spirit of prophecy is in operation. Because if Jesus did it back then, we do it today to testify of Jesus. Why? Because he's still alive. He's still working. He's still able. He'll still deliver. He'll still heal. He'll still break you free. He'll still break your chains. He'll still bring you out. He'll still wash you in his blood. Everything that you need, it's all found in Jesus. Everything that you hope for, everything that you desire, if you'll just get a hold of this Jesus. You shall be endued with power. You shall rise again. You shall walk with boldness. For God has not given you a spirit of fear or a spirit of defeat. But God has given you love and power and a sound mind. And when we speak it over you, we prophesy to your future. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus does for you. That's what Jesus is going to do for you. That's what Jesus always has wanted to done for you, do for you. It's all found in Jesus today. You and I by ourselves could not overcome what this world tried to throw at us. In this time, I want to tell you, there's been a lot that the church has had to go through. We've been scattered. We've been isolated. We've been persecuted and all of these things. But Jesus prophesied saying this, fear not because you shall go through all these things just as we're going through now. In the future, they will happen. But look at what Jesus says. He says, with all of these things, fear not. For I have overcome the world. And trust me, little ones, if I overcame the world, you too shall walk in victory. You're going to overcome this year. You're going to overcome this time. You're going to overcome this storm that you've been feeling. Oh, I wish somebody would prophesy it to their future right now. 
If Jesus was victorious, I too shall rise over my storm and walk on the waves of this time. If it happened with Jesus, he said, you shall be my witness. Therefore, everywhere we walk and everywhere we go, we're not showing them me. We're not showing them you. We're not showing, we're showing them Jesus. We're testifying of Jesus. Amen. And when they see Jesus being testified in, inside of us, we begin to prophesy to their future. My brother and my sister, I want to tell you today, you can walk like Jesus. Today, you can have power like Jesus. Today, it's available for you. Today, the Bible said that with every stripe that Jesus took, sparing him not, no mercy on Jesus. So much so that his visage was marred more than any other. And because of that, you can get your healing today. Because those stripes prophesied of the healing that were going to come. Because he was bruised and beaten and there was no mercy given to Jesus. They didn't, they didn't spare anything. They mocked him and humiliated him and shamed him and beat him. But because of that, today you can have your iniquities taken away. Because he was chastised. Your peace is available here today. Amen. If we could all stand in this place. If we could all lift up our hands. I want to talk to the Lord's sheep this, this morning. Do you know your shepherd? Do you know your God? Are you familiar with the shepherd that has been leading and guiding you? And he brought you to this place this morning. He brought you to a place right here, amen, where God can give you the victory. We had a young man in Beirut, Lebanon, just got out of prison. He was addicted. All throughout his body, he was addicted. He had gotten on some stuff in prison and couldn't shake it. This man had never been in an apostolic church or a church of any kind before. He didn't know how to respond. And I want to tell you, in an apostolic church, we respond differently because we've seen what God does. And we're no longer bound, but because we're free and we walk in freedom, we have an extra kick in our step. Hey, man, we got an extra jump on us. Hey, man, we've got extra appreciation because I know what God has done for me. I don't know, but I know what God did for me. And I can never live unappreciative and ungrateful and not full of joy for how God turned somebody like me around. That young man came to the front. He didn't know how to respond, but he felt this is what he needed to do. He came, he got on his knees, and he lifted up his hands. And he said, Lord, and this was in Arabic, free me, God, free me. Hararni ya Yeshua, free me, Jesus. And we came and we saw him praying, not by our own power, not by our own might, but we laid hands on him, testifying of Jesus. And in a moment, the Spirit of Christ came up out of it.
and filled him. And every addiction that he had, he was on. Everything coursing through his veins. Every bondage that he had. In a moment, it was all lifted up off of him. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with another tongue as the Spirit gave him the utterance. We have people that walk into our church and they don't know anything about the Bible. They don't know anything about Jesus. But after just a few moments of being inside of the building, like where we are today, they begin to feel something so powerful. They've never experienced anything like it before. Can I tell you why? Because it's freely given today. It's freely offered to each and every one of us. Your mercy is here today. Your grace is here this morning. He's still opening the prison doors and setting the captives free. Paul and Silas found that out at midnight. They began to sing and give praises to the Lord. And suddenly, there was a shaking. And the walls began coming down. I want to tell you, because of Jesus, walls are still coming down today. Because of Jesus, you're still getting free today. What is it? You, you've got a question on your mind. You've got a storm that's coming upon you, and you don't know how you're going to get through it. I was talking with somebody just yesterday, and they said, we, I need $50 before I finish and pay the rent, and I don't know where it's going to come from. But I'm trusting in Jesus, and I'm trusting he's going to do it. And God began to bless this person. And God is still blessing him. I want to tell you, there's been times where we had no idea the attack that was coming against us, the attack that comes against every person Amen. Attacks happen inside the church and outside the church. Amen. But I want to tell you something. If you'll put your trust in Jesus, he's still the one that's able to carry you through the storm. He's still the one who's able to pick you up off your feet and strengthen you, stand you up straight, and get you walking back on course today. And I want somebody here this morning to begin to testify about Jesus and begin to prophesy to your future. Would you do that today? Would you prophesy? Would you prophesy that you're not going to live anymore bound and broken to the enemy? Because you don't have to. Come on, the, the devil wants to keep you tied up. But I can lift my hands today because Jesus set me free. I can set my, I can lift up my hands because they're not bound on me anymore. But Jesus broke the chains. I can believe and I can hope that all things are working together according to the good purpose of God. Why? Because Jesus is still in control today. Why don't we lift up our hands all over the sanctuary? The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not have any wants. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Come on, there's a prophecy at the end of this, at the end of this passage. Surely, I don't see it yet. It's not in my, but surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, I want to invite you to this front today. You shall have goodness and mercy following after you. You shall be endued with power. You shall dwell with the Lord in the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Everybody has access to the house today. Everybody has access to the family. Oh, come on in. Just trust Jesus. Just give it to Jesus today. I want to tell you, God has... God knew that you were going to be here today.